Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. That's a lot of good stuff. Well, welcome to week three of our color series, and uh, what a joy it's been. You know, we've had, in the years that we've done this uh, series, we've had over 10,000 people take our assessment. And uh, what's really interesting is when I talk with people, tell me about your color, it's almost to a person. We always tend to focus not on our strengths, right? I've never had anybody come in and say, wow, fantastic assessment. I mean, I knew I was a natural-born leader. I mean, my ability to be decisive is amazing. People are drawn to me. I love this assessment. I have the greatest temperament. God did a great job, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's never, hardly ever, there are a few, but that's hardly ever the feedback I get. Most of you are a lot like me, right? You tend to focus on the weaknesses. As soon as we did this, where you were weak. And we had questions like, oh, I wish I was more like this. Or I can't believe I'm that way. Or if I could just be more like you fill in the blank, right? If I could be like more like that color, that's what I really wanna be. And we've seen over this series, right, every one of these colors, these temperaments have amazing strengths, but they also have some weaknesses. And that's what we want to spend a little time on today because every one of us in our own lives, in our own character, in our own temperaments, we have these gaps. We've got these cracks. We've got these places where the Holy Spirit has to show up and meet us and be our strength in the midst of our weakness. And we're going to see a little bit of that today. Because even though your weaknesses, now listen to this real quick, your weaknesses do not define you, but they can limit you. Especially if we constantly use excuses and justifications in our life. Well, I'm just that way. Well, I can't change. That's just how. Deal with me. That's, you know, if we have those kind of things, we're always going to be limited to what God wants to do in us and through us to the capacity and God's best for you in your life. So as we jump into this, let me give you uh, just a little disclosure. Here's my assessment. Uh, Show with my closest friends. Highly balanced, could you say? Uh, zero red. Uh, I'm Mr. Green Jeans through and through. If you think about green, uh, that assessment probably hits me as true as it could be. When I think about that, not necessarily crazy about it always, the question that I ask, and certainly Tam and I have had this conversation, is like, Lord, why in the world would you put a green in charge of leading a church? If you know greens, listen to the innate, see if you can see where this is going to be a problem. I've got some gaps. Uh, This is the innate needs of a green. Harmony, people-pleasing, lack of stress, all packaged in the context of an introvert, right? And so I have the wonderful joy. I, I get to lead this wonderful, diverse organization where everybody has their own unique thoughts and their own unique perspectives, and you have your own history, and your own theological framework, and your own things that you bring into the room. Uh, And in that, we're going to try to find harmony, right? And the challenge is we don't dress alike, uh, we don't vote alike, uh, we don't even all like the cats, uh, and in the midst of these things, right? And one of my innate needs is harmony unobtainable expectation. Could you not agree with me there? I mean, once there are more than three people in a room, diversity of thought, if things happen, harmony goes out the window. There's a little bit of a challenge, right? So I visit my doctor and like your doctor, right? They take your blood test, your blood pressure, and then they always go, well, how's your stress level? And I want to say, well, let me tell you, I'm a green. Uh, I oversee a highly diverse, highly talented staff. I have two boards. Uh, I lead a donation-based $2 million uh, organization as we go. And I war against the enemy that's not made up of flesh and blood. I'm like, how do you think I'm doing? I used to have hair and be skinny 30 years ago when I started this, right? It's not going well along some of those lines. You ever been there? And then finally, 
I, I get to cap this all in with this wonderful thing, thing of being an introvert in a people-centered people ministry. You ever have those fun things? So for me, like, I love to connect with people, and my fellow greens can, and introverts can relate. The challenge is it's hard always to in, insert yourself or interject yourself into a conversation or meet new people. That becomes a little challenge, right? So for greens, we love to connect, love to have conversation. It's just hard to assert ourselves into those conversations. That's a challenge, right? So 30 plus years later of doing this, right, I have the joy of doing the greatest job I could ever imagine. That's the most fulfilling thing I have ever done in my life. But as you can imagine, this job exposes every one of my shortcomings and all of my weaknesses. Because as a senior pastor, there is no place to hide, right? I, I don't even have a pulpit to hide behind this morning, which would make me, you know. It's this, so every week, bless your hearts, you get stuck with the good and the bad and the ugly. Things that I'm great at and things that I'm not great at, you get exposed to all of these things. And that's why I'm reminded, right, that for me in my life, the Holy Spirit has to be active in working in my life because the gaps are great, the cracks are great, and the challenges are, are such there. And so in my temperament, it has these amazing great strengths as a green, but it has some really big voids. And in the context of this setting, I feel like at times those voids are more exposed than, than ever before. And so in my temperament, there's this real vulnerability, right? So I love that. It scares me to death, but it also motivates you, right? I've got to grow. I've got to become better. I've got to become more Christ-like because otherwise my tendencies are going to lead in a direction that aren't the greatest. So for me, and hope for you, that's why a series like this is so important. It helps us, I hope, to identify and understand our areas of vulnerability because I know where the enemy attacks me. It has not changed in 54 years. The enemy attacks me in my four areas of innate needs. And I know this, that unprotected weakness is a vulnerability. It's a vulnerability to me, it's a vulnerability to my family, and it's a vulnerability to my church, right? Unprotected weakness. If I'm not aware of it, I'm in trouble. So how about you, right? That's me. How about you? During this color series, where have you learned about your vulnerabilities? Have you looked at your temperament and your assessment? What innate needs do you have that are your kryptonite? My guess is where the enemy attacks you is where he's attacked you for years. And it always comes around one of those four innate needs that we have in that area. Where does the Holy Spirit in your life need to fill some gaps? Where are there some cracks in the character and just cracks in how we're wired where the Holy Spirit's gotta show up, where the Holy Spirit has to be strong because this is an area that we're naturally weak in as we go. So if you go to lexcity.info again on the sermon notes there, you'll see a little space there. We've got all the weaknesses of all the, the, the colors that are there. You can take a look there as we go. Encourage you on lexcity.info. Our last two podcasts dealt with the area of strengths of temperaments and weaknesses, and you can watch those sometime during the week. That'll be great as we go. But this morning, to kind of help again put the context, help us have a better understanding who God has uniquely wired us to be, uh, we're once again going to join our favorite four colors as they talk about the places where the Holy Spirit needs to show up. Let's talk a little bit about weaknesses. What do you think about those, truthfully? You know, I don't feel like I really... I mean, they, these things are said in such a strong way. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm arrogant. Um, 
I don't think I enjoy arguments. I don't, I don't, I think of myself as very sympathetic. Um, I don't know. A lot of times the hesitations that I hear with the cholerics is that they don't necessarily see their weaknesses as weaknesses. Mm -hmm. What well, do you think about that? Well, I would just, yeah. Like, I don't even think that these are reflective of how I feel I'm projecting myself. Mm -hmm. Like, these are just, these feel like they've gone out of range to me. Okay. Like, I'm way nicer than all this. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that and, people... And here's another thing. Like, nervy? Well, yeah, I'm the one that's going to step up. Mm-hmm. And say the thing that needs to be said. Is right. that nervy or is that just smart? <laughs> <laughs> is that a weakness not being recognized as a weakness? <laughs> or is it courageous? I don't know. Courageous. Nervy or courageous? Which it's, one? It's which lens you look through. Right. Right. Well, I'm Let's, not, I don't like this lens. You don't. <laughs> 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 when, the, when the collar comes in to my office, um, they either own it and say weaknesses aren't weaknesses. Or they come in going, I do not, I'm always described as the bad guy. Mm -hmm. I'm always described as these things. You know, and most people, a lot of people, not most, but a lot come in not wanting to be choleric. Mm -hmm. Because of the way they're described a lot of the times mm -hmm. as some of those things. Mm -hmm. If you were to step out a little bit and think about your five children, mm -hmm. maybe your husband. Mm -hmm. They might or might not have said some of those things. <laughs> they might or might not have. <laughs> Yeah. More than once so, a day. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a point where we want to look at those and take ownership with of them because we're wired from we're wired for all the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. We do not want to use our temperament at all for an excuse or a weapon. Mm -hmm. I'm just wired that way. I'm just green, or I'm just you know, I'm just bossy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a nervy person, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. So, because that's all going to be reflected out in the way you speak to each other. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, tell me about some of the ones that are jumping out at you. Um, one that I hate is unenthusiastic. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, I say I hate. Just, Why? I would like to be more yellow in oh, that. Oh, okay. And be the enthusiastic person, like, for people to be able to read on my face and my body language how excited I am. Yeah. Um, but instead, it's like all so, underneath. Yeah. Um, and then indecisive. Um, I I feel like I'm a great decider. Okay. Um, but some of my loved ones don't always feel that way. It represents being pushed. <laughs> no, please. Yeah. Um, so don't back me in a corner. Oh, yeah? Um, I can get pretty stubborn and like it's almost like a volcano happening. So like mm. this peaceful, calm guy, it's unexpected. I'd rather watch. So there are some things I, I love to engage in and okay. I have a high work ethic. Um, sometimes in group conversations, mm -hmm. if somebody else says it, then I feel like I don't have to say it. We, we see that where Jeremy sits is on the people side, but he's an introvert, mm -hmm. which is fascinating because if we stay in how people describe introvert and extrovert, this particular temperament kind of falls through the cracks. And actually, Leslie, it affects your temperament as well mm -hmm. because you're an extrovert, but you really would rather do tasks mm -hmm. first. Yeah. And when, again, when we're thinking about extrovert, we think, oh, people, people, mm -hmm. people. But that's why I really encourage you to think of it in this, these terms because this is what's going to give you really understanding of your temperament. The other thing Jeremy said that I think is very worth repeating is this quiet, gentle temperament can take pushing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But when they're pushed into a corner, 
they're going to fight or they're going to flee, right? Mm -hmm. And usually they flee. They'll leave the home, they'll leave the party, they'll leave the job, right? Um, but if this temperament decides to fight, they can make the very strong warrior of the choleric look like a kitten. Wow. It is so explosive and so out of the norm, really. Andrew? Um, the ones that I marked, uh, skeptical, false humility, standards often too high, as much as I hate to admit it, insecure socially, mm -hmm. and too reserved. Well, tell me a little bit about false humility. Sure. I feel like sometimes I'll be... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, such a funny one. You're so awesome. I'll put... Uh, nah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, I think I'll put myself below someone mm -hmm. in an interaction, not to make them feel better, but to make myself feel comfortable. There you go. So it kind of is Very a false well humility situationally, yeah. just because yeah. that's kind of my comfort zone for like the attention to be on them. So to kind of let them, you know... Dom dominate whatever we're talking about yeah. and we just kind of play devil's advocate almost. Yeah, so you're safe. Wow. Right, it's a right? safe place. Right. So I feel like it can come across as, oh, he's so humble, but it's mm -hmm. also kind of selfish. Yeah, <laughs> which is one of the weaknesses that we all share. Mm -hmm. We all have our own weaknesses that go wired into your temperament, mm -hmm. but the one that we all share together is selfishness. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things as we talk through this in this journey we're going to try to eliminate. Comedian. Awkward socially. How's that work? Yeah, no, it's a uh, comedy is great because I can talk to a lot of people, but they don't talk back. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like I can I can talk, but I don't have to have a conversation. <laughs> I can talk, but, but I don't have to have a and conversation. And I really do enjoy having conversations yeah. with people that I know and trust. Um, Keyword But I'm there, not trust. the person that's on the airplane making friends with the person sitting next to me. Exactly. Uh, exactly. No. Definitely yeah. not. Um, well, while you're oh, yeah, like at a wedding. Yeah. Okay. Like at a wedding is the time I like to talk to strangers because the alternative is dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you yeah. do what's ever keeping you yeah, from the so worst gotta, unsafe thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that because trust <laughs> and safety are People huge are like, for us blues, right? Yeah. Yeah. The so let's talk about you. What do you see? Okay. What's interesting is as I read through them, like a while ago before I like really got confident with who I was, mm -hmm. this would all be like very discouraging for me. Okay. Which is why I would love to start with number 10, which is confidence fades fast. Okay. So lots of people think that I'm so confident mm -hmm. because I'll talk to anyone about anything, however long, however loud. <laughs> yeah. But right. I get like, I don't know, on the inside, I'm really soft and I yeah. will get discouraged very quickly. Someone talks about something that I did like in a negative light, mm -hmm. even if they use like the best sandwich method, it's yeah. like big piece of bread. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. As soon as they transition, I'm like, I can feel it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm the worst person in the world. Oh my gosh. I'm horrible. Yeah. I'm like on top of the world. Now I'm in the valley. So, okay. So that's a big one for me. Um, hates to be alone. And I'm appreciative that you guys use the word hates because it is a <laughs> deep rooted, like when I'm sick, mm -hmm. <laughs> my husband hates this. When I'm sick and I have to be alone, mm -hmm. it's so bad. One time my husband went to the store to go get me some medicine and he came back and I was sitting in the middle of the living room floor just looking out of the window, depressed. And I tried to go with him and everything. He's like, stay <laughs> home. I'm like, no, let me put my shoes on. I had like socks, flip flops, it was bad. And how long was he gone? 30 minutes, but it was so, it was like, I was stressed. I'm like, yeah. I talk to the walls, like there's yeah. no one here. Yeah. So hates, like hates. deep rooted yeah. in me. Pause that right for a second. 
What does that feel yeah, like I to love, you? I love being sick. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> you love it just because I don't want to have yeah. And you fake because that is we are hypochondriacs sometimes. So oh, are yeah. we? Uh, maybe. <laughs> is learning. that what you do to, uh, to be alone? Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> I, might start, I might start doing that. So I'm in the Andrew camp though. Huh. Oh, you yeah. Know? Get sick. That's mm-hmm. that's a oh. good solid two days of solitude that oh, I don't really? have to make an excuse for. Mm-hmm. Um, the non productive two days mm-hmm. oh my gosh. that I would never give myself. So I guess like sitting around having coffee randomly is probably not. This is not productive. Uh, it's got to have something else going something on. Something else. <laughs> I, I could just literally talk and have coffee all day. All day. Which leads me to compulsive talker. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about compulsive talker. Well, first of all, I didn't know that this about myself at first. So yeah. I was very confused when people were like, woo, you're a lot. I'm like, oh, is that I'm what they not. Say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've recently chalked it up as is I'm a verbal processor. Okay. And I process in details. So yes. it comes off as. Yes. I'm talking a lot, but really, it's Sounds a lot better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's Don't you think that's what it is, or do you think yeah. it's just compulsive? Oh, okay. well, <laughs> I think there's, you're a great storyteller, and yeah. you do express verbally. Yeah. But remember when we talked about how close those strengths and weaknesses, it's you teed really that up close. perfectly, right? <laughs> because it does not take long from you to go from being a good yeah. storyteller to exaggerating and elaborating. As soon as that attention's on you and the people are laughing and you yep. have their attention, all of a sudden, I know. the story gets bigger and bigger, right? Okay. So, no, and, and you want to be aware of that. I do. You really do. I need to know because that. Because remember, our strengths and weaknesses are choices. Mm. You have choices every single day yeah. to pick if you're going to be in a strength or you're going to be in a weakness. You know, there's forks in the road where you have to say to yourself, I have a tendency to remember the negatives, but I'm going to choose to be compassionate. Or I have a tendency to be bossy, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to choose to delegate, right? Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to be quiet, but I'm going to choose to advocate for myself. I have a tendency Mm -hmm. to exaggerate and elaborate, but I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to ask questions, right? Which you absolutely have the strength to do. Wow. So it's just learning the path Mm -hmm. to not just accept your wiring, but now to be aware of what words are you using? Mm -hmm. Where are you coming from? Is it a good place of strength so you can pour into yourself and other people? Or is it weakness? Mm -hmm. And maybe we're getting stuck a little bit in selfishness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what we're finding out right here, just in this little time we spent together, is you can describe the temperaments as loud strengths, loud weaknesses, peaceful strengths, peaceful weaknesses, powerful strengths, powerful weaknesses, mm-hmm. and deep strengths, deep weaknesses, because they line up exactly with your innate wiring. And you know, as, I, as I've heard that, the one thing that continues to always impress me upon me is this, the one thing that we all share together is the weakness of selfishness. Regardless of our temperaments, it's the thing. And that shouldn't surprise us, right? The Bible tells us it shouldn't surprise us that we're born with a sin nature. That it's something within that sin nature. If you don't believe you were born with a sin nature, look around. Ask some of our young moms who have infants, right? Uh, 24-7, wah, feed me, hold me, change me. on. What's the first words our kids learned that we didn't have to teach them? Mine, give me, right? I mean, we are born with this sin nature from the very beginning, and so it shouldn't surprise us that selfishness is really there. And the challenge is that selfish sin nature doesn't just happen when we're infants. It follows us into adulthood. 
The Apostle Paul put it this way in the book of Philippians. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition and conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. So how do we get to that kind of life, right? How, how do we get to this selfless kind of living when we were born with the sin nature of being selfish? The life of not simply avoiding what is wrong, but a life that is actually doing what is good. As a follower of Christ, I'm reminded, listen, the goal of my life isn't simply to control or manage my weaknesses. The goal of my life is to live in what the Bible says is the fruit of the Spirit. Live in a life that's being controlled by the Spirit, that the Spirit's able to fill those gaps and those holes and those weaknesses as I have. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 gives us the list of the, whole, the fruit of the Spirit and says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I love what the Apostle Paul says. He closes it out by reminding, listen, there's no law against these things. In other words, there's no external law, there's no legalism that's going to produce this type of fruit in your life. This kind of fruit isn't going to come from within you by you just following the laws. I wish today when we were done, I could give you, here are the 10 things. Do these 10 things. Check these marks each day. Then you'll have this kind of life. Uh, and the Bible says, no, it doesn't come from within. This kind of life is not experienced by trying harder. This kind of life is not experienced by reading better self-help books or just trying to be a better person. The fruit of the Spirit, here's just where I wrote it. The fruit of the Spirit cannot be manufactured. It is a manifestation of Jesus within us. Let me give that to you because some of you who are doers and you want to get it done, can I ask you The fruit of the Spirit cannot be manufactured. You cannot work harder, try harder, read more, do these books. The fruit of the Spirit is a manifestation of the Spirit who lives within you. So if you want to have victory and freedom over the weaknesses of your temperament, the only way to do that is to allow Jesus to have victory over your life. He's the one that's got to change. Bible's, Paul goes on, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Again, he says, a new thing has come. Your, your heart has been changed and transformed. You can't be better, work harder, try to do these things. You've got that list on lexcity.info, all the weaknesses. Those are not going to be solved by your efforts. Because the answer to that does not come from within you. Because the root of the problem is something that you cannot change. The root of the problem is the heart, right? That's why during this whole series we've been talking about the goal of this isn't to give you behavior modification. The goal is to have heart transformation. In other words, that Jesus has got to do a life in your heart. And only when this transformation happens to your heart can the fruit of your life be consistently the things that we so desire and so want to be. It's only through Jesus that we're going to move from a selfish heart to a selfless life in the words and the actions that we have. And again, that's what I love about being a follower of Jesus. The great part is this. I, I not only have the promise of heaven, but I have the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life today and every day that helps me overcome these areas. When Jesus died on the cross, he died not only for my sins, but he died for my weaknesses, which are my sins. But I love that. 
So today that I can experience freedom, don't miss this, I can experience freedom not only from sin, but I can experience freedom from self. And that's the challenge. As a green, Jesus' death on the cross, he died for my stubbornness and my apathy, my judgmental spirit, and on and on those lists can go down the things. But the day I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, listen, I not only got to experience freedom from sin, but I also received the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's the Holy Spirit that can produce his fruit in my life, not me. And isn't that a wonderful promise? I mean, as we list down these daunting things of areas that we can grow and get better at and stronger at, I'm so grateful the answer isn't me, that the answer comes from Jesus. Go back to Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Where does this, like, this change happens? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. But it's Christ living in us that makes it. The power of change doesn't come from within. The power comes from the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So as a green with zero red, I can still be a pastor for 30-some years because the Holy Spirit becomes my strength in the areas that are my natural weaknesses. So in my desire, right? So when my desire to have the approval for man, one of my innate needs, right, uh, pushes me to compromise because I want to keep everybody happy. Or my desire to please people says, listen, I'm not going to be assertive in this area because I don't want to offend somebody. Uh, when my innate need for harmony for man is greater than my desire for harmony with God, I need to repent and call it what it is. It's sin. I'm finding all of a sudden my value and worth in somebody or something or some affirmation externally. And the challenge is, is if I chase that, right, in my flesh, I will compromise, I will step back, I will avoid the things just in order to keep everybody happy, right? So here's the truth for me as a green, innate needs that I've got to remind myself, right? Is that I live for an audience of one and not the audience of people. At the end of the day this morning when I go home this afternoon, the reality is this, was I obedient and pleasing to God with what I did more than did you all like it? Now I hope you like it, will you please you know, like it? I hope that, but you know what the challenge is? If I'm driving my life for that, it's unobtainable. And I'll keep chasing and I'll keep falling short of that. And God just says, look, can we just remind you a little truth? Right? Your worth and value comes not because people like you. Your worth and value comes because you're a child of the king. So just rest in that. Be confident in that, in the things that you do. Easy to say, but you know how it is. Every day, we come to a fork in the road, and it's a choice we make. And the battle isn't always actions. The, the battle is right here in our heads, isn't it? If you're like me, you'll have 12 of these forks in the road before noon Monday morning. How do I feel about this? That conversation came up and, ooh, am I going this way? Am I going that way? Ooh, that, that phone call came or that email came in. All of a sudden, I'm emotionally derailed. Why am I forking the road? Okay, what am, I, what am I listening to? What's the voice, right? What's driving that? Who am I trying to please? It makes such a difference. You're gonna come to that point of the fork in the road. And you're gonna have a choice. Am I going to listen to the emotions of the moment or the truth of what I know God's word says to me? See, my emotions always are going to drive me this direction. But the truth has got to balance it. And you have those things. Every day, we're going to come to those choices. For my blues, let me tell you the choice you're going to face by Monday, right? Blues. 
you know this about yourself. I have a tendency to remember the negative things, but today I'm going to choose compassion. I can remember, I keep a record, I, I know exactly when somebody did this or that, and so I can either hang on to that or today I can choose compassion. Reds, tomorrow something's got to get done, and your default response will be bossy, let's just get it done, I can do it better, I can do it quicker. Can I just encourage you, the choice may be tomorrow is I'm going to choose to delegate. I'm going to choice choose to bring somebody along the journey with me. Greens, you have a tendency when you get to the fork in a road to choose a path of least resistance and struggle, but today you're going to make a choice you're actually going to advocate for yourself. You're going to value that, and you're going to speak up, and you're going to share. Yellows, the road comes, and you naturally tend to choose the path that places you in the center of attention or in the center of the story. And so tomorrow, when you just sense yourself starting to move that, you're going to just stop, and for a moment, you're going to choose. And you're going to choose to listen. You're going to choose to listen for understanding, not just listen so you can tell a better story right when they're done, right? It's choices. We make this over and over every day. But what I love is when we get to the fork in the road and we make that choice, that spirit-led rather than our flesh, we become a little bit more like Jesus every time we choose that. Saying, how do I know where I'm at? Listen, here's the beauty. Your words, your emotions, your actions are always going to give evidence. Are you living in your strengths or are you living in your weaknesses? They'll show up every time. And so we know what's true. Yellows, you have these amazing loud strengths, but you also have loud weaknesses. For our greens, you have peaceful strength, but you have peaceful weaknesses. For our reds, you have powerful, powerful strengths. But you also have very powerful weaknesses. For the blue, you have deep strength. But you also have those deep weaknesses. So I want to encourage you today as we kind of close out our time. Listen, is if you can live a life where you manage to live within your strengths and manage your weaknesses through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be your God-given best to do exactly what God's called you to do. I love what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says. It says this way. For we are God's masterpiece. I love that. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he has planned for us long ago. I love that. That you have the exact temperament that God created you to have for exactly where God has placed you to be. And so before the foundation of the earth, he knew you and he created you in his mother's womb and the power of that your strengths and weaknesses, today, if you catch nothing else, listen, your strengths and your weaknesses are not an accident. They are a tool for God's glory and your growth. Because when the Spirit of God can work through us in our weaknesses, then God gets glory. They're an instrument for your growth and your dependence more on Him. So as we close our time today, a couple questions for you, simply this, where do you need to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit? When you come to that fork in the road and you know your innate needs and you know where it tends to derail, when you come to that moment, where do you need to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit rather than the power of your flesh? Where in your life do you need to submit your actions and your attitudes and your words? Tomorrow morning, it'll happen before 12 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, where do you need to get to that fork in the road and choose what is God honoring? things.
strengths, weaknesses, created in us and through us for the glory of God and for your growth, if we'll simply submit and be humble in it. Let's pray together. Father, we take time this morning and we're reminded and we're so grateful for how you have uniquely made us. But God, in that, there is a vulnerability. There is just gaps. There are things that we find hard to do or things that just we want to protect or control or just, God, there's these areas of our lives we just need to continue to submit to you ask the Holy Spirit to step in and to give us courage, give us wisdom, give us self-control. So Lord, may we be like David in, in Psalms 139 who simply prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and, and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and leads me along the path of everlasting life. So Father, that is our prayer this morning that just through this series that you would point out those things in our lives where we need to rely more on you where we need to die to ourselves. God that you could use us to be the hands and feet to the world around us and we thank you for it in your name we pray amen you know this morning we mentioned at the start it's one of our favorite mornings a baptism morning and had just a great time last hour and looking forward to our time this hour what I love about this morning is we've got folks that are coming forward to be baptized. And their baptism is, is acknowledging, again, that they are a follower of Jesus, not only in their life and their actions and their temperaments, but they give their lives to Christ. And so at some point in their life, they have come to this point of realizing these gaps and these cracks, the, the sin within their hearts. They come to a point of realizing their need for repentance and to turn their life over to Jesus Christ. And so they've done that. And so today they're experiencing what we call believer's baptism. That one of those first acts of obedience is going public with our faith. We talk about often it's an, it's an outward sign of the inward change that has happened. And so today, let's celebrate together as we get to hear their testimonies about the difference that Jesus has made in their lives. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church slash give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.